Manscaped are the market leader in shaving your balls, looking after your tackle down there more than a defensive wallaby can at a Suncorp stadium. Guys, you know the drill by now. If you go to manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code word Brisbane. And, you know, you don't want to pay shipping. You don't want to support pirates, that industry. Evil people. So make sure you get the lawnmower 3.0. Do whatever you can. Manscaped.com. And the code word is Brisbane. Hey, listen, how good is it to have the boys back on the box? Hello, Brisbane. for sports as Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate-range missile over Brisbane's new bike hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Ashburn? Like, at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, I needed some 4X. Hello and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane and Henry. Let's get fucked up, brother. Oh, my God. Brother. Should we get to the airport early and get a coffee? Let's get a car. Nah, let's get our drink on, brother. Oh, you're saying we should have a beer at the airport? Let's have two beers at the airport. Why not? Can I say Why not? How about the plane to Bali? Oh, my God. This is our theory. Don't get me started. We got the plane to Bali. We were kind of wet. We were like kind of maybe last quarter of the plane, near the back of the plane. I'd actually say like last five rows. Nosebleeds. Very... We didn't get a great view of the pilot, unfortunately. If we crash, then we're going to be the last to die. Depending on maybe the back of the plane crashes first. Like Lucius Malfoy to Harry because he's in first (laughs) class because he's an aura. He's like, if we crash, you'll be the first to know. (laughs) Unless he went down backwards. Like, How many planes crash backwards? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Put it in reverse, brother. Kill the poor. Just make them the first to know. (laughs) Kill the poor first. But yeah, so we were on the plane to Bali and what a plane it is. It's like a fucking Kentucky tour in the sky. And I wouldn't know because I've never been on Kentucky. We've said this on the show before, but the plane that Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Inc. gang get to Spooky Island... Uh, filmed it's the exact same time. It's that energy. And he, my thing was, it was a bit of a free. No one took it seriously. Well, the line for the bathroom was constant in that there was, I would say, at all times, at least eight people lined up to get into yeah. the toilet of this plane. Now, I would think it was because, as we were jiving about there at the beginning, there was a bit of, lots of beers had at the airport beforehand. A lot of people drinking the entire plane over because it's that, we're going to Bali. This, yeah. isn't, this isn't Hong Kong. And we were going getting to a Bali, flight to Dubai. We were going to Bali like mid- to early-ish in January. It was, it was, I think yeah. like January 15th. January 20, I believe, is when we flew. No. January 21? Because we were coming back on Australia Day. It was that day of transit. Yes, you're right, actually. Because I got back to Australia on like I January mean, yeah. 16. We intentionally made sure we were in transit for Australia for Day so, yeah. so that we, we couldn't, we couldn't accidentally really celebrate, celebrate it. I, I arrived, we arrived in Australia at 5 a.m. on Australia Day and had no motivation uh, and, and we wouldn't have no. needed anyway. No. Not resist. Really we were too tired to party, which we wouldn't have done. No. Exactly. Or we'll go was, to a protest. Always will be. Ex- yeah. Always A Bali. great podcast. Um, <laughs> now, Bali, yeah. That's this is the episode today. Yeah, we're doing Bali. I'm here with Henry Bretz, who is wearing a Bintang mankini <laughs> with pubes sticking out the side. And Joe Dwyer, who's dressed as a boogie board. Uh, we're doing we're doing Bali because as we've done before, we've done Stratty and we want to do a bit more of this of, as we always tell you, Brisbane's not just a place, it's a state no. of being. It's an energy. 
It's a outer suburbs of Brisbane aren't necessarily those administered by the Brisbane City Council. Good night. No, there's a lot. No, of I, although I suspect Adrian Schrinner would love to have his fingers in the pie of barley. Oh yeah, him and his four kids. I him and would Wolfgang love would like to go and just just quietly, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if Adrian, in like a fourteenth birthday present to Wolfgang, did be like. Well, to prepare you for being mayor of Brisbane, you can practice on Bali. And it's like a gift. Yeah. And he just goes to like a little Balinese island and he's like, come up with a stupid mode of public transport that costs a lot and doesn't come with helmets. Make sure no one uses it. Mm. He comes up with like Bali city cycle. Mopeds, mate. Tell you what, they're actually very useful. Anything that isn't a car is useful in Bali. Let's turn all of the most popular surfing beaches into bike lanes. Wolfgang, no, no, Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Wolfgang's like, let's legalise the sex trafficking industry. Wolfgang, no. And then when he is the mayor of Brisbane, they're like talking to an old grizzled Adrian and Wolfgang's like turned Brisbane into like this like dystopian place. And he's like, you could have known. You saw what he did in Bali, Adrian. And you still let him become the mayor. You saw what happened at Mexi Cola with those poor Broncos players. They never stood a chance. <laughs> Wolfgangs uh, aside. Uh, we'll get to some No more Wolfgang violence. No. Wolfgangs of youths. <laughs> We're going to talk about Bali Wolfgang today. of youths sounds like the most intolerable indie band I've ever heard. Ah, uh, yes. As intolerable as the real one. But it is uh, time Speaking to of talk. intolerable bands. Ah, oh, great. Bit of housekeeping. Uh, thanks very much to everyone who bought a ticket. To the Mangroves album launch at Lefties, we sold out 250 tickets in about 24 hours. So very happy with that. And we know there's an absolute shit ton of unpakistanis in the audience. In fact, Henry, after every Mangroves show, anyone who's come up to me who I don't know and has said, hey, great show, has always followed up with, and I love the podcast, by the way. Nice. So Hamish and Nelson can reckon they're uh, all the band they want. Yeah. Bloody watch out. It's the unpakistanis. I would hope that. The silent majority. I would hope that as the as the official band of the podcast, they are at least aware of it. I don't know why it's like a sly aside being like, by the way, I love, oh, the, I love, I love, the, podcast. I love the podcast. As if it's shameful to be there. Like for from a different the media reason. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I enjoyed this form of you guys doing creative stuff. I also like the other one. I'm like, yeah, yeah you can be upfront about that. I hope it doesn't like mean the value of the podcast is diminishing in that it's like someone going up to, I don't know. I can't think of a better example than Chris Lilly at the Summer Heights High launch and be like, great show, Summer Heights High, it's a hit. Be like, I still like Extreme Darren that you used to do. <laughs> like, like someone just being Extreme like- Extreme Darren was very funny. Very fun. Yeah. But but yeah, thank you for that. so much. And thanks for We had a great gig at Flaming Galar uh, on Sunday. Oh, I with, had as much fun as I've had with my clothes on. Thanks to Tian, who I know is listening, and to, yeah. to Podger, who Podgy. opened- Podgy, rather. Yeah. Who opened for us, rather. And Gabby. And Complete Chaos, who took photos and wrote a very nice review of us. Yes, thanks for that. That Flaming Galar gig was a hell of a lot of fun. And I hurt my fingers. I've, I've yeah. got two huge, what were blisters and now becoming calluses. But uh, for those in the crowd who saw, I was basing so hard that I ripped the skin off my back. There was literal blood all over my shirt. Played it till my fingers bled, as Brian Adams was put it. Truly did. Summer of... 69. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see what you can do with your fingers in Bali uh, a bit later in this. Now, in local news, yeah, I want to talk about uh, a really interesting news story I saw, yeah. very Brisbane-related. Mm-hmm. Two Brisbane Broncos players involved with a domestic violence incident. You think you know where it's going. But what they actually did is they performed a citizen's arrest on a bloke who was looking like he might attack his wife and all of a sudden these two fucking massive Broncos players tackle him to the ground, huge hit, hold him down, 
I didn't know citizens' arrests were like a thing. I thought it was a thing in media. And yeah, so there's three Broncos. Was it three? Because there's Matt it was Lodge, Jordan Reiki, Jordan Reiki, and there was another one. Alex Glenn, wasn't it? I don't know if Glenny was there. I think Matt Lodge was definitely Matt Lodge was there. Which is ironic because Matt Lodge previously probably someone should have pulled a citizen's arrest on him. Absolutely. But, you know, no one is more equipped to understand when a citizen's arrest needs to be pulled mm. than Matt Lodge. Yeah. See, I just thought, I just thought it was a nice story. Of, it, it is uh, not. Bro- and I do like the idea of the Broncos as, you know, they're already, it's a one-club town, kind of superheroes. I want them to lean into this vigilante shit a little bit more. Well, we yeah, we spoke about this at work the other day because there was not only that, but then Lockie Maranta, a former Bronco, one of, saved what? a boy from drowning. Really? At the Gold Coast. What? So he's now playing with, I think it's Manly, um, as in the Sea Eagles, um, the Seagulls, sea, sea rather, the yeah. Brisbane Confusingly, because they're also the feeder team. I yeah, think. yeah. So he was he was at the beach, and then there was a boy drowning, and he was on a training yeah. camp. It was his first day of training with his new league club, and he's seen this and gone, "Oh, there's a rip out there, mate." He's run oh. in, and coach is watching. Yeah, <laughs> obviously sprints in, goes in, and he slammed the kid on the ground <laughs> on the beach once, getting him be like, "I can still tackle, mate." Yeah. Save it's a like, boy, oh, I can so save much, a try. Lockie. He just drops it. Shut up. Yeah, you're not Lock- drowned. Lockie Miranda was a terrorist boy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really mean. <laughs> it was from I'll say this openly because good on him for helping the child. One of the worst players to ever play for the Broncos. <laughs> and hey, he had to save one child because he hurt a lot by putting them in lockers from what I remember. <laughs> this could be defamatory. It could be uh, someone else. I don't know. No, it's satire, great redemption. Satire. But yeah, so if you know, if you have a problem that needs solving, try just texting a Broncos just player. Let You're a Broncos peril. I might go stand on uh, in the middle of the street later and see if I'm Tackled to safety by Payne Haas. And are we saying that all Broncos players and all rugby league players are model citizens and heroes all of the time? Yes. Yeah, yeah we are. I, they do That's what, what none it? of us can. And I love them for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up on housekeeping, <laughs> Henry has a rash. Joe's written that in there. Would you like to tell us about your rash? I don't have a rash. Joe's written that in there. And I know why you're annoyed at me because we had an argument off air before we recorded <laughs> this that... I, I'd like to put this to the unpacker studies. Who reckons Ice Age is a good movie? Ice Age is a terrific movie. Ice Age is first shit half, Shrek. First half is very, very good. It's boring. I don't care about the baby or the dad or oh, any of the humans. Couldn't give a shit about the baby. Sid, and, I love, and you know I love babies. Sid is such a compelling character. He cracks wise. He doesn't give a shit. You're a lot like Sid. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I think ma- the and I'm more of a I'm manny. Like, I think the reason I liked Ice Age growing up is I identified... So strongly with Sid. In a way, I was like, Donkey is too on-the-nose annoying. Oh, Donkey okay. is like a little cousin level Are you saying annoying. Sid is the thinking man's Donkey? Yeah. That's a huge claim. Sid is has got more main character about him than Donkey. Donkey's we're, a clear sidekick. We're going to ask the Unpakistanis about yeah. this on an Instagram I think poll. I said it's really, really good. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I always thought it was boring. It was in the same realm as your Shreks. I was like, ah. Oh. I actually think it's weird that you've drawn... Shrekking that together. I guess my young mind did. I was like, they're both animated. For me, the ones that went together were sooner um, Monsters Inc. and Ice Age. Oh. Because they both, well, I, even, even they both in largely that. involve non human creatures. That's why I'll give Shrek a pass. Yeah. It's predominantly humans in the mythos. Oh, I wouldn't say that. You got Puss in Boots. You got, most of them are, in fact, fairy tale creatures. <laughs> predominantly humans. <laughs> That's not the truth at Lord all. Lord Farquaad. Fiona. For He's most short. Is he really movie. human? <laughs> the king and queen. The fairy godmother is a human with no, fairy powers. No, she is a fairy. She is a anamorphic human. Sid is as much human as fairy godmother is. No. They're a different race. 
(laughs) Fairies are a completely (laughs) different race, mate. I didn't expect to hear this racial talk about fairies, but okay, well, nothing can take away your rash. No rash. (laughs) I'll tell you where you could get a rash if you're not careful. It's a place called Bali. And now let's go to what has to be the longest Wikipedia we've ever tried to do on this show. Hit it. Wikipedia. Yeah, it's absolutely worth noting here that this is like (laughs) the Wikipedia of not a little dinky suburb in a small city, but like, I know Bali isn't a country, but it's practically a country. It's incredibly, um, it's incredibly colonial and, and racist of me to have been like, thinking in my mind that the Bali Wikipedia page would be just the same length as the Paddington one. <laughs> I assumed even more colonial and racist. I assumed it would just largely be about like Australian tourism and like <laughs> the Bali bombing and stuff. They have a rich, developed culture. They also have the Bali United Football Club. So true. And their stadium looks sick. Now, Henry, oh, God. it's a tough question <laughs> when it's applied to suburbs. What do you think the population of Bali is? Oh, bro. Um, uh, is that before or after me and the boys arrive? Um, How many people did you kill? <laughs> enough to put a dent in the population. An addition. Killed enough beers, the boys mate. are an addition. The boys don't kill anyone in Bali, mate. Pretty worried about them. Uh, mate, a- come on. Oh, what? Ah, uh, five million. <laughs> it's actually, what is it? It's very close. It's four point three million. Oh, that's, that's pretty great. good. That's pretty good. <laughs> you're you're comfortably in the right ballpark. That's a great result from me. I think that is proportionally as correct as you getting like five hundred off for a suburb. Hell yeah! But it does make me think. Like Bali is what just like as big as Sydney. Yeah. God, Sydney's huge. Sydney's a big... It's bigger than fucking New Zealand. It's bigger than Bali. It's a big place. It's bigger than oh. everything. But let's talk about this place where... Uh, and, you know, to re- to understand why Brisbane and Australia love yes. Bali so much, why it's become an outer suburb of Brisbane, we'll need to have a look at the history. Now, we don't do much of the history. I think we just went straight to the more touristy part of it. But, Joe, what have we got here? Ah, uh, okay. Here. So, before the construction of the Bali Beach Hotel in 1963... There are only three significant tourist class hotels on the island. Three. This Bali Beach Hotel, Henry, was the absolute game changer. So from 1963 onwards, you know, you saw boatloads of Australians shipped in. It was cheap. It was nearby, sure. Pre-1963, I get the impression, it was a much better place. It was... In so many ways. Yet to be found by the Australian taste. It is funny, isn't it? So the Bali Beach Hotel, and this seems to be a, a trend... In that mm. I think, and we spoke about this before, I think, but Brisbane just seemed to hive mind choose a place where they go. Yeah. And I would say Bali isn't, a lot of people in Brisbane have been to Bali. It's probably not anymore so much our place. I would say future episodes we will look at Nisiko and, and places would, like that. But I would say there is a um, class and financial element to that. Yeah. In that. You know, Bali, Bali is a very cheap international holiday. And for that, I've got a lot of respect for it. When we went to Bali at the start of 2020 and I'd just come back from exchange, mm. I had, I couldn't pay for it. Joy lent me the money. Like I had $400 to my name. It's great for that. Yeah. But I think a certain type of Brisbaneite with which we might associate does flock more to, you know, yeah. I mean, we were on a subway in New York and we ran into Jack Howard. Like... <laughs> And I, 
Actually, world first for Bali. We didn't run into anyone we knew there. That was great. That was awesome. Were we there, we were there in the off season or? I don't know. We were there mid jam Felt pretty on season. It felt, yeah, it was summer. Well, we did a weird kind of itinerary, which we'll get into. But yeah. I would say that like. But yeah, I, I agree. It seems like at some point in the 60s and 70s and 80s, the Council of Brisbane got together and just decided, righto, we're going to bombard Bali. And that, Poor choice of words, but they yes, decided it. That might have been the the Bali Beach Hotel made the big difference there. I suppose that's like, I wonder what it, what it's like, most like in vibe. I'm looking it up. I wonder if it's like a Caxton or if it's got more of a surf club vibe about it. The Bali, I'm not looking at the Bali Beach House Noosa, uh, <laughs> which has come up. That's the first. It's also funny just so to name. So Bali has infiltrated us as much as we have it. Yeah. Um, hotels in Bali in Dunedin. No, that's not what I'm... All right, I just get the vibe that, you know how... Um, it's just a big pub. Nice. Good on them. All it took was one very good pub and they got enough Australian <laughs> tourism to build its own economy. Yeah. Incredible. Um, now, I actually feel on tourism and on the Bali Beach Hotel, really interesting here, some of the tourism numbers. So, uh, number of tourists by nationality per year to Bali. What do you think's number one? China. No, it's Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but did you like my tricky tone of voice to make you think it wasn't Australia? I... I Cheated just then and thought I read elsewhere that it's China. Uh, no, it's Australia. So as how of, many do we send? As of what 2019. What percentage of the, the tourists? Uh, no, it's 1.2 million Australians. That's so many. Uh, so that's that's over a 20th of our population. O- over. That's fucked. So if you're sitting in a weird circle. Odds are. And you look to your left <laughs> and you look to your right. in 2019. And someone will have been to Bali. That and if year. none of them have, you've been to <laughs> Bali. Uh, number two. China. Yeah. Hey. So Australia is 1.22 million. China's 1.18 million. So very close. That is incredibly but as a proportion neck. of population. Per capita. No context. Uh, no context, rather. That's in, 1.2 is a big number. Is that annual? That's in 2019 alone. Gee whiz. 20 it's million fucked. people in Australia. I love it. That's unreal. We're number, really just... Exciting. Number three. Can we break that down into Brisbane? I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same number. They're like, no, they're all from Brisbane. Most of Brisbane. One point two, that would be over fifty percent of Brisbane. That's like babies going. <laughs> Number three, Japan, India, huh? but it's a massive drop. It's three hundred thousand. Oh, I'll just run you through the rest because it's kind of interesting. UK, US, Japan, South Korea, France, Germany, and Malaysia. We've beaten some big players there. There's I was going to say there's some superpowers in the mix. I mean, every other country on the list is bigger than us. And, and further we're number away. Number one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we do have the, the closeness advantage, I suppose. That's true. Well, there you go. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, What's now, next? what else have we got? Bali received the Best Island Award from <laughs> Travel and Leisure in 2010. Best Island. Best Island. I'm miffed. Austra- I'm going to guess Australia hasn't won it, and Best- that irks me. <laughs> We've got some issues. Ah, good island. What's the best island? What about 4X Island in the ads? <laughs> That's a what great about island. Stratty, mate? What about uh, Manus? That one worst island. <laughs> Terrible island. Christmas. Shepherd's dad runs it. Christmas. Don't think you can fool us with the fun name. <laughs> Ain't no Santa. It's detention. The Jingle Bell. Jingle Bells. More, more like Jingle Cells. So true. Jingle Cell Rock on Christmas Island. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Mauritius also gets up and amongst it for best island. Oh, yeah. What else is on there? I just think it's shitty Australia doesn't seem to be on here. Well, we're so big. We've got so many more issues. We've got lots of moving targets. So true. Whereas, you know, Bora, Bali Bora. just get it right. 
Bora Bora got up there. Yeah. He's playing prop or... <laughs> Bali received Couple. the best island... Sorry. Sri Lanka came in at four. Sri Lanka. So clearly they're willing Sri Lanka to go is a whole nice, country. Man. Sri Lanka. I went to Sri Lanka on a family trip, and Mum was saying that that's Sri Lanka at the moment has the vibe of what Bali oh. was in the nineties. That's cool. Oh, uh, the eighties. I don't know when. I think Mum went to Bali when it was kind of just starting to pop off. The eighties. Mum started it. She would have been like, like fourteen. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you to say fourteen. <laughs> Bali received the <laughs> best like, island. Like, shut up, bro. She was 60. Dude, don't reveal that my mum is 110. <laughs> it's freakish that she looks how she does. Yeah. All right. All right. What are you, the best island award? Leave my mum out of this. Bali received the best island oh, award. Hang on, from number one. What's the Me, because oh, every man is an island. <laughs> Bali's dropped to number 17 in the oh, 2020 suck list. Suck a dick. What's number one Tasmania now? is below. <laughs> Tasmania's hit 19. So Tasmania beats mainland Australia <laughs> yeah. for best islands. Gee whiz. Oh, oh, man. So, yeah, it got the best island. Bali won because of its attractive surroundings, both mountain and coastal areas, diverse tourist attractions, excellent international and local restaurants, and the friendliness of the local people. And I've just written, did we go to the same island? <laughs> kind of particularly Not my experience. Particularly the food. Food was is not good. Food was the food, food was the food dismal. I'll go out on Limia and say it was bad. Food was some of the worst I've ever had that I still consistently paid like 15, 20 bucks AUD. But then we got no, we got good stuff for that. Remember, we went to that place that was like that's right. If you're willing to recording to be a, a bit, yeah. To be honest, that was we, we paid, I was gonna say we paid fucking nothing for. We like, haven't. Well, we had breakfast included, but the room. we haven't written this in contemporary. Bali was a little bit more expensive than I thought it would be. Okay, like it's a comparatively cheaper holiday than like a beach holiday in Australia. It's not like East Timor, but what? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my measure. <laughs> that's it. Um, but like. Having I just come from Europe where like a beer is a dollar sixty mm. and a beer was maybe like four bucks AUD. It's still very cheap, but where in Europe was the beer a dollar sixty? Like Prague. Oh, so that's not Europe. You're in like East Europe. Did you I was say beer is like famously expensive? You, you know, weren't in fucking you know, Paris having you know one dollar sixty beers in Europe, Henry. Yeah, I know it's in Europe, but it's not like you just Europe. said <laughs> it's not in Europe. Well, it's not like when you say Europe. I reckon if you went to Man on the Street and said, "What's the first country? I, you, what's the first place you think of where I say somewhere in Europe? You're getting France. <laughs> you most times. You're getting yeah, but you claimed it wasn't in there, Europe. Sure, I'm at the Cactus Street. Shooter. Is this is a Man on the Street? Jack, oh yeah, the, Jack, Jack, come in here. <laughs> Jack's just giving a big ah. All right, I, uh, all right, come on to my mind. Have you just heard the conversation we're having? Okay. All right. I say name name a place in Europe. Berlin. Okay, that's no, that works for me because beers are dead cheap in Berlin. Are they? Yeah, they're like a euro from a spady. I said that beers were like a dollar sixty AUD in Europe, and Henry goes, "Oh, where?" And I was like, "Prague," and he goes, "That's not in Europe." It is in Europe. Jack, have you been to Bali? No. Fiji. Yes. But I don't. How think cheap were beers in Fiji? Oh, didn't you go to Fiji with your uncle? Yeah. After his after his daughter decided that she didn't want to go with him and he'd already paid for the ticket and uh, it was offered to me, which I think is a great life lesson yeah. for her. 
There's a real and special one was, bond. The one that I was more than willing to teach. Special bond between an uncle and his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like going to Bali with your uncle? It wasn't yeah, Bali. Pretty weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, not Bali. Sorry, I forgot. I already forgot it was Bali would have been normal and cool. Hey, were you close with this uncle? He, he sort of always tries to alpha me. At every single turn. Like, I'm I'm now 24. Did he get you a mocktail in those swim-up bars in Fiji resorts? No, he calls me Big Guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Big, big Guy. guy. Uh, <laughs> big Guy. And that's been Big Guy. And big Guy visiting the show. Beautiful. Time. Thank you, Big Guy. Um, that was very big of you. Okay, well, the Europe thing is settled. Un- unsettled. Yeah, Berlin was as close to a dead centre of what we were both trying to say. Yeah, you're right. Berlin. I mean, Berlin is quite literally, Henry, where Eastern Europe met Western Europe yeah. <laughs> to, a, to a point of geographical perfection. Oh, we need to get Jack back in and ask where in Berlin he was talking about. Well, I'll about the last big um, guy. So okay, other fascinating... I'm still caught up on imagine going on an overseas trip with your uncle. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, I, it's just because I've known about it for like years. I think about it so often. I'm also <laughs> implanting my own uncles and I'm... And I'm struggling to think. I don't have an uncle each, where it wouldn't be super weird. <laughs> going to Fiji or Bali one on one with an uncle. What uncle would you most all, want to go? All with? of my uncles. It's weird for a different reason. To be honest, the uncle I'd most go with, but Uncle Paul, because he. It's not your dad. No. <laughs> but my cousins also have an uncle Paul. Yes. Yeah, so Mum has a brother named um, Paul and a, Henry, and you a know husband named Paul. You know what's what fucking, freaky? <laughs> You know what's nuts? And the favourite movie is that weird Simon <laughs> Pegg one called Paul. You know what is weird? What? You know what uncle I go to Bali with? Paul? Uncle Paul. Yeah, I also have an uncle Paul. Big surfer. Loves his Pearl Jam. Yeah. Pretty relaxed character. I'd go to Bali with Paul. Absolutely. I reckon if you've got an uncle named Paul, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll shout you a trip we'll to Bali. We'll an uncles and nephews Bali trip. All right. When COVID we're ends. We're all, when COVID ends, Paul's Untaming Brisbane will organise anyone named Paul. And that's cool because my dad could also come. Yeah, with one of your just, cousins. He just yeah. needs to bring one of my cousins. Yeah, great. Okay. So we're doing an uncles named Paul we and their like- nephews trip. But can these Nieces come? I'll allow nieces. Yeah, nieces can it's, come. It could be yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's no a blokey thing. If you've no. got an aunt named Paul, if she can definitely come. I'm so come. sorry if your aunt is named Paula. Doesn't fucking nah, qualify for me. The Pauline doesn't, doesn't qualify. No, you can't come, Pauline. Good to know. Say no One Nation trip. All right. <laughs> um, where are we? Holy shit. Read this bit. Yep. In January 2016, after the musician David Bowie died, it was revealed that in his will... Bowie asked for his ashes to be scattered in Bali, conforming to Buddhist rituals. That is the most un-David Bowie shit I've ever heard. It's so basic for David. In my mind, of like Bowie, he's never heard of Bali. Mm. All he's heard of is like Berlin cocaine and milk. I was going to say, it'd be more him to be like, there's a particular bookshop in downtown yeah. Berlin that I want you mm. to snort my ashes <laughs> like it's a line of speed. Or like that factory in Birmingham. He loves ashes though. Ashes to ashes, bing tang to bing tang. We know Father Tom, Father Tom. <laughs> we know Tom. Uncle Paul is shouting. <laughs> we know Uncle Paul's in Bali. Yeah, that's Bowie's final. Uh, if you could that's have your strange. ashes scattered anywhere, Henry, where would they be? Huge question. That is mad. We've gone from like. Europe stuff to this. Uh, oh, right now, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, like now. 
yeah. pretty late at night. You'd have to <laughs> just trying to think about oh, traffic. I have to be able to get there in like 20 minutes. I'd probably go to the farm, I guess. Nice. The farm or like, um, yeah, probably get them spread at the farm or Northwest Island I love, which we, oh, we right. used to go. What about I'd, you? Um, I'd get them to be scattered on the centre pitch at the Gabba just to like trick everyone into thinking <laughs> I was a better cricketer than I was. I don't think the Gabba are going to allow that. <laughs> no, in, no, in this world they're allowed... They did make a sick kid captain. You're allowed to. So, I mean, <laughs> Cricket Australia are pretty willing They're to do anything for, some, for, for, for two hours of good PR. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get pain to call someone a dickhead and then I'll die suddenly. Yep, he wanted his ashes scattered, funnily enough, on the ashes. Yeah, Funny guy. There you go. Um, in 2006, yes. Elizabeth Gilbert's memoir, Eat, Pray, Love, was published. And in August 2010, it was adapted into the film called Eat, Pray, Love. You'd never believe it. It took place at Ubud and Padang Padang Beach at Bali. Both the book and the film fueled a boom in tourism in Ubud, the hill town and cultural and tourist centre that was the focus of Gilbert's quest for balance and love through traditional spiritually and healing. Holy crap. They spent a lot of time talking about that movie. Joe, have you seen it? Have you read it? Oh, I've neither seen it nor read it, Henry, but it does tap into something I find quite funny, which is... I've seen a lot of um, tweets mm. in my time yeah. <laughs> as a purveyor. Joe's just crossed his legs as if he's been asked about his <laughs> philosophy on life. <laughs> Joe, Andrew just, Joe just, just had the energy. Gone. Yeah, yeah. You just had the energy uh, of you just sat down for a long form interview <laughs> with Lee Sales. Uh, Lee, when you get to my age, you see a lot of tweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're still in your work clothes as well. I know. Like it does look quite You formal. do look like you're trying to sell me a stock. <laughs> um, a lot of tweets, particularly from Americans, mm. that say, like, I keep seeing these American tourism accounts being like, if you love travel, you've got to go to Bali. It's a rare chance to discover yourself and your spirituality. Like, there's this fetishization of Bali for its yoga culture, for its wellness culture, and it's just so diametrically opposed to Australia's idea of, oh, it's the Gold Coast, but overseas and cheaper. Yeah. Like, get fucked up. We go over there to do cheap drugs and... Ruin the reputation of our nation. Whereas Americans are like, oh, I could stretch a bit. People do, like, um, proper vow of silences there. Yeah, like they do. There's like mountain retreats. A my a person who worked at Nova used to go like a few times a year. Oh yeah, and I'd be like, oh Bali, like hey, bet you go a few times a year. And she was like quite offended. She was like, um, actually no, I go there for peace or something like that. Oh, fine. I was like, oh, all right, go I, go, I go there for peace too. A piece peace. of drugs, <laughs> piece of bintang singlet. <laughs> you clearly know one thing. You've said bintang heaps. A piece of it. piss. <laughs> Henry drank piss in Bali. That's why he's got the rash. I didn't, drink, I didn't get a rash from drinking piss. <laughs> if I keep throwing out enough of these, people will start believing you got a rash. Eat, pray, love. Oh, I haven't seen either, but there's a story. Someone at my school that got around went to see that film on a date. And I won't go into the graphic details, but it was quite, um, got quite rowdy in the, in the 25 meter screen of South Bank. Between the young man... And the and the and lady his, and his fine lady and of course it was oh well, it was they went and saw eat pray love and they did all three so you know that's kind of what went they prayed I mean sometimes do you pray when you you know getting when you quick prayer just when, <laughs> when you 
doing sexual acts in public. No, beautiful film. And wonderfully <laughs> acted by Julia Roberts. Oh, mate. She could have done uh, better. Let's and get let's talk it. about our experiences in contemporary Bali. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. Talk. I remember who wrote in. Um, apologies to this person. I'll give you some... Uh, some it, I'll give you some Ella? skin, bro. Ella wrote in. Said it still feels I'll like the Gold Coast. And that's yeah. so true. It does... It still feels like the Gold Coast. In fact, Henry and I were trying to figure out a like Brisbane angle, and it was really Ella's comment that opened it up. That at the end of the day, it's the Gold Coast overseas, and with its entirely own culture that we've ruined. But to make it clear, it's the Gold Coast because of what Australians do and what we've done. This is not to demean like the tens of thousands of years of history on the island. No, not at all. Now. We, we talked a bit about this. We're saying, oh, why is it that like Australians go there so much? And obviously it is close. And whoa, crack travel agent detective and friend of the show, Georgia, got in touch with us today and said, you <laughs> know, guys. Insights now, that usually are behind a paywall. Just, you usually got to pay I for mean, these. if you're not sitting down, you're going to want to do this because you're, be you're about to be hit by a take. And, it's, and I hope you're wearing mittens because it's a hot one. <laughs> she said, apparently it's cheaper to fly to Bali from Darwin than it is to Brisbane. Now, Joe and I went, yeah, Darwin's heaps closer. Now, I we, we went in on Georgia. Now, I will defend her in saying, she's saying it's cheaper to go from Darwin to Bali than it is from Darwin to Brisbane. Yeah. Now, that's a somewhat interesting take, I said, in that it's like, wow, like in the same way that people like Perth, I may as well go to Japan because it's the same mm. amount of time on a plane. Like, it's, it's indicative of how close it is to Australia that people can say, uh, it's a bit cheaper and easier to go on an overseas holiday to Indonesia than it is to go to, like, visit the cousins in Queensland. I gather that. I still think it's... I mean, it's just obviously closer to Bali. Is Darwin closer to Bali than it is to Brisbane? Yeah, much yeah, closer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's less than a three-hour flight from Darwin to Bali. It's, like, four and a half hours to Brisbane. What is it from Perth to Bali? I think it's still three hours. I think it's still three because hours. Because Perth is, I think, on the exact same longitude. Like, Perth, you basically just fly straight north and you're at Bali... Darwin, you still have to go a bit. As we learnt on our surprisingly long flight to Bali, where you, everyone needed to piss, you the really whole time. cross over most of Australia while going north. I will say this: mm. this insightful travel agent comment, good if you don't often think about just how big Australia is. Yeah, but I think about it all the time. And so I was like, yes, of course. So Joe wasn't impressed. Joe, Joe, let me tell you, was not impressed by George's. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't impressed at all, but. It's not a bad observation. I think it's interesting in the fact that it was like, yeah, you, you're in, especially Perth as well. People do weekends in Bali there, especially FIFO workers. I'm told a lot of them just like will just instead know, of going home, they'll be like, oh, well, I'm FIFO at the end of my shift. Oh, I might just pop out of Bali. You know for why a few I think days. they do that? Um, oh, I can give you a few reasons. <laughs> yeah, um, rhymes with weedy toys. <laughs> um, <laughs> As in yeah. Matthew Wade. Um, well, they're FIFO workers, so they're very used to flying. And they're addicted. This is my theory. They're addicted to planes. I That I've just come up with on the spot is if you're a FIFO worker who you fly at minimum, like twice a week basically, 
the idea of quickly flying somewhere isn't as anathema to you as it would be to me, like in Brisbane. They see same way that they like, see getting on a plane yeah. the same way you used to see getting an Uber when it was exactly. connected exactly. to your parents' car. <laughs> yeah. It was just, um, I don't even think twice. It's like, and, and it would happen to you on exchange, Henry, all of a sudden a quick nine euro Ryanair flight, no dramas. Yeah, true. Whereas in Australia, Oh, fly it. I got to the airport seven hours early. It's a big deal. I can't be bothered doing it on like Skyscanner, but I would love to see, yeah, the price comparisons of Bali. What, what is a Bali to Perth flight? I might just even look that up. Yeah. Um, but while you do, uh, Henry found a blog post that discusses the Australian obsession with Bali, which is the main part of contemporary Bali. Yes. So this chap says... In my experience, Australians that go there are often the sort who don't travel much. As one of our foreign ministers said a while ago, all of the teenagers who go there for schoolies, many of them don't even know which country they're in. And so it becomes a destination like Cancun for North Americans, or like Ibiza was, at least until recently, for Europeans. And of course the tourist infrastructure is follow the tourists. So you can find places that are wall-to-wall bars. Everyone speaks English, and there's tons of accommodation options. So some people go there because of that. It's easy. You don't have a language barrier. You can eat McDonald's or whatever else you want. Other people go for the swarms of prostitutes that flood in to fleece the rich Aussies out of their money. But even older and more travel, well-travelled Australians sometimes want a short, easy holiday. And there are many comparatively cheap flights to Bali, and it's still a lot closer to other places. Now, there's a real classist line to this blogger. Yeah, this blogger's name is Daniel Gerber, and oh. he's got it in his byline... Travel to over 60 countries on each inhabited continent. Uh, I, oh. Does that mean he's been to Antarctica? No. That's the, that's the cop-out way of saying I've been to every continent. Yeah. You can go to Antarctica, Daniel. Yeah. Go visit a fucking go. penguin. They inhabit I, it. I don't think going to every continent is impressive unless you've been to Antarctica. I'm going to make Daniel Gerber <laughs> go to fucking Matthew Riley Ice Station Let's lay down style. the gauntlet. I'm gonna say, like, I want him to get... What happened in Ice Station? They started getting, like, fucked by killer seals. Started watching... Yeah, there's orcas. Yeah, orcas. I'm going to I'm gonna throw you to an orca, yeah. Daniel Gerber. Until you drop this. If you keep but being mean to Australians in Bali. You do find it as as this tone that runs throughout, like, that... Oh, have you heard what the Australian... Oh, those, those filthy animals partying, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like, we can't all have the money to go to Europe or to go to America or to go to South America no. or even like literally to go to like Sydney for a week. It's so expensive. So whilst mm. I do think Australians are absolute bastards overseas, this whole thing of, in my experience, Australians that go there are often the sort who don't travel much. There's a reason they don't travel much, Daniel Gerber. It's because it's expensive. Yeah, of course. And Come it's on, Gerbs. And, and I think if you do it right, like there's some beautiful beaches, there's it's a good yeah. family trip. You can have a great time there. It is in that state we say there is a hive mind to not just Brisbane but Australia in that it became the thing to do. I mean, we still went there because it was cheap and close. And so easy. And so Literally easy. cheap and just easy. So easy. And we were like, we can wear thongs on the plane. This is a breeze. Let's jump on. Yeah. And we were aware of all the stereotypes. Now I don't think we kind of can fight and confide um bloody complied with the stereo I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um conformed. Conformed. Mm. That's it. Conform to the stereotype. I'm such a non-conformist I don't even know the word. <laughs> you can't conform to the That's English how language. Fucking like edgy I am. <laughs> um but yeah they were they were like we still went there so it is interesting in that but it's such a bad reputation. Yeah. And right and most of it earned. And most rightfully. Most uh, rightfully. Now Henry that brings us to our trip. Yeah. Our taste of contemporary barley. Now I wanted to like Bali more than I did. I really enjoyed our time there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rush back. Yeah. I mean over time I've been to a fair bit of Southeast Asia. Yeah. And I wouldn't 
put Bali above a Sri Lanka or a um or a Vietnam. I'd say in terms of enjoyment, Sri Lanka to me is a strikes me as a slightly different beast. Like I'd say the classic. What Vietnam, Thailand, yeah, I'm and Bali would be your classic yes. Southeast Asia Aussie backpacker yeah. thing. Oh, Sri Lanka's getting there, but yeah, I'd agree. Like it's, but like, I could name you fifteen people who've been to Thailand and literally one who's been to Sri Lanka. Joe Root <laughs> hit one eighty or the other. Day. Okay, there's eleven people. Our eleven. Well, I can't name to anyone. <laughs> Don Best is I there. Don Best. Don Best took a, and then we all learned took a two weeks ago. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, we, um, our trip to Bali, we went there with Joe, got back from exchange. Joe was home for two days. His parents then went to Bali. I don't know how his parents think, weren't happy. I think I struggled with it mentally for a little while because it home didn't feel like home because <laughs> I was there for two days, then Bali for six. So my mind was like, you don't live anywhere. You're just putting down bags and sleeping. It's, amazing it's the world. greatest ever first world problem of, I'm too well traveled. Oh no, you're like Daniel Gerber. <laughs> yeah, so we went there. It was uh, Joy, Sam, Joe and I. And um, I could say, listen, here's the fair thing. We, were, we we got a lot of tips about what to do. And the tip that just kept coming up, and this is a place with beautiful beaches and a yeah. bit of history and temples and whatnot. Amazing and, activities uh, to do, uh, snorkeling, yoga retreats, big uh, nights, blah, blah, blah. But the only thing that anyone <laughs> said we had to do was go to this bar named Mexicola. In, Motel Mexicola, in Semen, they called in it. In Seminyak. Yeah. Or is it, is it in Kuda? I think it's. I, I think, think it, it might is, be technically in Kuda. I think it's Seminyak or Kuda or one of the. Because we were staying in Seminyak. Now Kuda, obviously, this was more like in meme culture a few years ago. But Kuda for a while there definitely was like the. Oh yeah, bro, we go to Kuda. Like every meme was um, about Kuda for a long time. Kuda is, by all accounts, like Wikipedia, like heads and shoulders the worst of it. Yes. It's like when all the NRL players get. I think Kuda. Kuda's where the nightclubs nightclubs are. Yeah. Because around we were in Seminyak, it was happening. But there weren't a lot of pure nightclubs. There was a lot more beach bars and just like... Beach bars with bean bags and like those very, very colourful umbrellas. Listen, great time. But we would say, listen, we went there. Now, Joe and I at the time, we'll say, we were single. There's probably a little bit of, all right, let's, you know, let's get into this. We're in Bali. Let's let loose. Joe and I hadn't seen each other for months because he'd been away. Oh, this is going to be great. Now, where we went... We spent one night in Seminyak and we got in and we'd been flying all day and we all unanimously agreed we were a little too tired to go to Mexicola. Mm. So we didn't get to Mexicola despite the fact that I pushed it so I hard I think we talked about it non-stop for six hours on the plane. We got in the cab on the way to the hotel and we were like, righto, when are we going to do Mexicola? Like 4.30, 4.35? Yeah, we'll do that. Get to the hotel, right? righto, let's do Mexicola. We take one foot inside our beautiful suite. Mm. Everyone lies down on the bed for a bit. We're like, oh, maybe. But then we concocted this plan because we came back from, from we were only in Semnyak for a night. We went to this beautiful island, Gilly T. And we were set to come back from Gilly T and have about two hours in Semnyak before our flight. And, we and conco- I was nervous that we were not going to get to Mexico. We concocted this, this plan that we thought was great to go to Mexico for an hour and a half. No. It did not transpire. I the, the faith that I put in Mexico as the end of my lonesome singledom I was like don't worry mate yeah haven't, haven't had a lot with the ha- had a lot of luck with the ladies but just get to Mexico yeah. and it's gonna be fine because Bali as well on lone singledom was when Sam challenged us both to ask a girl out yeah that was one thing in Bali where he was like and it didn't he, really come well, off well we both asked yeah <laughs> didn't go that well <laughs> who'd you ask uh just some girl I'd known at like uni she said yes though didn't she yeah 
And you went to breakfast. We went and got breakfast. It was really awkward. Yeah, that's right. Breakfast date on a Sunday. Sucked. I was so hungover. Um, but, I, well, you got a yes. I got a no. I asked oh, a girl named Hayley. Right. And got a big no. Got a got a proper, like... No, fuck off. I, got a, I, got, I think I got like a... We'd love to... I'd love to have a drink. As... But just to be clear, that would be as friends. <laughs> Needless to but say, now we, the now, drink didn't happen. Now we are both taken men. Taken men. So we needed to take that leap of faith. And Barley was Sam the, Mullen and the Barley Magic. Barley was the push. The we Barley did. catalyst for being where we are now. Go yeah, small. One hundred percent. Now, um, now being there. Yeah, we, we went. Joe mentioned that we were thinking, oh, it's going to be loose. Now, way to not have that loose of a time in Bali is to go to a very small <laughs> island that is populated mainly by horses. There are no cars on Gilly T. It's a three-hour boat ride to get there. You can walk around the whole island in about 45 minutes. Probably about 10 bar... Well, the 10 hotels. I actually want to raise this. The weird thing about all these little islands in Bali, and particularly Gilly T, all the bars are pretty much connected to hotels. So we'd spend the day, like, yes, bar hopping, but basically just going to different hotel bars. It's oh, very yeah. odd. Mm. There were maybe two pure bars, but one of them was this incredible Jamaican reggae bar. I think that it was literally called Bob Marley Bar. I think it was called Bob Marley Bar. <laughs> it was on Gilly T Island. If anyone's ever there, I could not recommend it enough. It's- jo- Joe and I, when Sam and Joy, would call it a night around like, you know, kind of 10, 10, 30. I'd be like, all right, now, mate, we're yeah, in let's fucking really Marley. Cu- let's get bloody loose I think now. We, we were so obsessed with cutting loose... I, I, think, I, think, I don't think I had the energy to cut loose because all I did was hypothesize about how we'd cut loose that night. I'd be like, yeah. mate, tonight we're going, we're going. There was this like weird nightclub there that I was like, all right, that's where we're going. Pretty sure all it did was play like, like the YouTube, the yeah, YouTube yeah. instrumentals of Jason Derulo songs. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. It's so dark. Hard to get drunk as well, uh, I found. Explain why. Because the bar staff. Yeah. It's the slowest service you'll ever get because everyone there is so relaxed and meditated. It is the definition of fucking island time. You'd and order a beer and it'd turn up 45 <laughs> minutes later and then you'd be like, you'd finish it and then you'd be like, oh, could I? Sorry, mate. Just another beer. They'd be like, sounds good. Slow hands. <laughs> just there was this one waiter that quick. literally would have taken, I truly think, two minutes to walk about 10 metres. And Joe was like, hey, could I just get another beer? Like, okay, boss. Okay, just, boss. Just they, called, they insisted on calling you boss. You feel like an employer the whole time you're there. Okay, boss. Okay, boss. Yeah, but uh, a few a few interesting other things happened in Bali, despite the fact that you know nothing came to light of getting loose and having a cuda esque time. We did not have a cuda esque time, despite the fact that we did buy Bing Tang singlets. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to look the part at times. I'm ashamed to admit, and uh, but I guess we just didn't have it in us. The the mongrel that it takes for a big group of Australian rugby players on their end of season tour to just yeah, absolutely decimate a local culture. <laughs> uh, but we missed that. We missed out on doing that. But, but um, we did have a little bit of athletic mongrel in us, Hen. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. we got into a long argument that I think it started by you saying, I have really amazing acceleration when I run. Yeah, I do. You, you were saying, and what later came to light is we just, disagreed on the definition of acceleration because I'm confident that what acceleration means in the context of a sprint is how fast you go from zero to your top speed. I I agree. I agree with you. You kind of beat me on initial acceleration, but I accelerated in the race. thing is, I agreed with your definition of acceleration. I do think you had better acceleration. I still won the race. We did a 100 meter race where we found like a patch of Like, in the last 40 metres to win. Yeah. 
in a sense, come you, from behind, bro. Your acceleration is actually incredibly slow. It's just that your top speed's quite good. I feel like I hurt my leg though, or something. You I, hurt. I, I, I like hurt my calf. But I won the race. Yeah, Henry won the race. The Bali race. I was pretty good. Was um, post some footage of it. Yeah, I do. We do have it somewhere. I think we're all over. Oh, I watch it like a bit. But that loss aside, Henry, uh, there's a lot else to Bali than our one trip there. Yeah. There's a name that dominates the mindset of Australians overseas more than any other. Chappelle Corby. Dave Chappelle, Chappelle Corby. Dave Chappelle Corby. Dave Chappelle Corby. Dave Chappelle Corby is um is she where's she she from Brisbane? Chappelle. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I didn't think so. I think she is, mate. You know why I say that? Because up today. No, because the Nova team saw her. My when when I was managing the Casanovas, they did an opening of like a of a first choice liquor or something. Or one of the liquor stores. And she turned up. She, oh, Chappelle Corby was there. Mm-hmm. Just like buying. She's a Gold Coast girl, by the way. Gold Coast girl. That makes sense. Queenslander. She was she was there just like buying drinks. Yeah. At the, I think it was literally like the friggin' Mount Gravatt <laughs> super choice <laughs> liquor do. or something. And then they, um, Corey Parker was there as well. What? And so oh, one of the Casanovas. Of highlights. And then Chappelle Corby was like, I'm a fan. She was like, ah. Oh, how good it's Corey Parker. I think this happened. And then, so Corey Parker, one of the Casanovas just had to get a photo of Corey Parker and Chappelle Corby for it. <laughs> and they just texted me this. I was like, fuck, good shift. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Chappelle, I don't know. What do you reckon? Guilty? No, I think she's Yeah, same here. Absolutely. She brought out a- gla- 100% Glavesy for my 21st got me a book that I'm yet to read, I have to admit, <laughs> about Chappelle's innocence. And it was, was written it, by was not something her. something you were like obsessed with? No, I think he just thought it was random and dank. He's like, it, it was like a, a fully crafted novel as to why she'd been framed. Which I, I'd love to read it. I, d- I don't even care about the why. I just, when you're over there, like the scary signs about drugs and everything, like they're just itching to look tough. It's funny how like, even though the, the collective mind of Brisbane still is able to be like, Bali, loose fun, when in terms of the culture and the news cycle of it, oh yeah, Bali 9, Chappelle Corby, Bali bombings. Yeah. I heard something from the Bali bombings the other day. Someone was, I think, someone was released or something. So one of the, oh, like one of the people who, who was involved bombing. and has been released from prison. Oh, and they were like, but all the news was like the one of the masterminds behind the Bali bombing. I saw then multiple news sources. One of the masterminds behind mm-hmm. the Bali bombing. And I was like, I feel like mastermind is a little complimentary when we talk about like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the mastermind the behind the killing of nine women. And you're like, oh, it's like wow. The fucking OP1 genius <laughs> behind 9-11. Just one of the smarter blokes. It's like when you see movie trailers and it's like, from the twisted mind of the <laughs> Bali bombing and scream. <laughs> from the fucked up little cretin brain of Guilmero del Toro. Comes, <laughs> comes terrorism. a terror attack. But yeah. Um, that is, you get the death penalty for smuggling drugs. It's proper hectic. That they... And as someone who knows people who have, without going too far into it, but whether it's like weed or a little bit of something else, I know people mainly in the exchange world who have accidentally gone on a plane with drugs in their wallet, mainly, you know, a little bit of weed or something. But then, gee, Willigans, imagine if that got you dead. Oh, and that's what I say on the death penalty. Imagine if that got you dead. Now, I'm looking this up too. Chappelle Corby brought Chapel. out some music. Did she now? Dave Chappelle Corby did. I can't find it. Chappelle bring out a song. I'm sure. She's, mate, she's kind of, what's she doing now? Oh. Did, can you take boogie boards to Bali still? 
No, um, that I, got banned. I reckon no Australian would ever again take a boogie ball to Bali. I mean, also to be honest, like buy one there; they're not that expensive. The song is called Palm Trees. Oh, is it about Bali? The song we might take, we might leave the episode with uh, with yeah. with Chappelle Corby's Palm Trees. There you go. Um, yeah, Chappelle, glad she's home. No yeah, matter what you've done, even if she did it, how fucking horrible to be in a Balinese prison. Yeah, that that's where you don't want. Speaking be. of Balinese prison. Uh, last thing I'll say on Bali Henry is just the, uh, you know, it's a it's a hive for NRL players in particular, but, you know, a lot of smaller clubs, cricket clubs, footy clubs, end of season trips to Bali, all sort of shenanigans have. But David Fafita got in a bit of strife at a nightclub, great footy player. Um, and at that point he was off contract with the Broncos. They were negotiating the contract extension. Mm. And he's sitting in a Bali prison. Uh, and before this incident, his manager had said to the media, David's considering all options, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then somehow, an hour later, one of the Broncos managers walks out with David. He walks free. The owner of the nightclub apologises to him and he's signed for another year. Mm. So I'm not making any defamatory <laughs> comments about what sort of guarantees or money exchanged hands, but Bali Prison, terrible place to be if the... Brisbane Broncos need you to come home and sign a deal. Yeah. Not a bad, not Probably a bad place to be. Okay. Not a terrible place Probably to be. Probably going to be okay. Yeah. But yes. I feel like if you're a Brisbane Bronco, and that's maybe the biggest explanation as to why it's a Brisbane suburb, is oh. if you're a Bronco who can do, if, if it's a place where a Bronco can do whatever they want, including walk <laughs> out of jail, then it's probably a Brisbane suburb in spiritual sense. Um, we do need to ask a question. Does Bali fuck? Now, it's grimy, it's sticky, it's sweaty, it's disgusting, it's sandy, it's all over you, it's sickening. But it's sex. And for me, Bali fucks. Yeah, Bali fucks in a huge way. It's like, got, obviously fucks. They've got those they've got moon dis- festivals on the beach at Kuda. And like, in quite a disgusting... Oh, mate. Back gross, of a, back of venereal a hostel. It's a disease. Hostel it's a sweaty hostel fuck. I mean, do they have hostels as much? I, I imagine because it's so cheap, the clientele of our age group who would usually go to a hostel, like, you know, when we're travelling, yeah, we'd go in a hostel, a but you could maybe just get yourself... A, I don't know. Like, we, didn't people, play, we paid next to pe- nothing people for... People still go to hostels in, like, Vietnam. Yeah. And I think Bali would be the same. Yeah, mate. Vietnam's, well, Vietnam's meant to be a bit cheaper, actually. Yeah. But I guess because... Bali is still very resort-oriented. It's not really pure mm. travel-oriented. But still, I'm going to say it's a hostel fuck, Bali. Yeah, it's it's got that dirty. You're not proud of Bali. But I think it's fucked because of the Bing Tang singlets, bro. The Bing Tang singlets just Oh, they bing. show off those guns. I just, oh. And they're so cheap. You just go there. Like, I mean, we did the same thing, but I remember... Yeah, I it was hate, kind of year 10. I hate haggling, though. Oh, I love I a haggle. I hated buying Bing I remember you were so weird about it. You were like, oh, just let me pay the price. And I was yeah. like... Yeah, but you... You're like that in Australia, yeah, in that you pay subscriptions to so many streaming services you don't yeah, use because you you're like, oh, I don't want to haggle with my phone. You can't, you can't haggle with Netflix. <laughs> you <laughs> you haggle, calling you, up you Disney get... Plus, being like, excuse me, can we do uh, six a week? And they're like, sir, this is the customer service. The price is the price. All right, Walt, do me a deal. <laughs> How much do I want to watch WandaVision? Yeah, well, do me a favour, Walt. Do me a favour. Yeah, it, it fucks. It definitely fucks. And I think, yeah. There's, there's no real argument or conjecture to be had there. I'm just now thinking about Bing Tang singlets now. And like, they're comfy and I wear them, but I remember when they like probably school holidays, they used to just get a run at your South Banks. Oh yeah. They were they were a cool, popular guy. And someone would go to Bali on a trip and then be like, come back with, 
Just a bag, yeah, yeah, just a bag of like 48 bloody Bing Tang singlets and then just every movie. Being like, <laughs> hey, does anyone want to see B-movie filmed from the back of a cinema? You know a guy goes to the toilet a bit. You know what's fucked up? In my mind, I was literally thinking of B-movie too. I, yeah. I feel like that's the- Did you say B-movie as well? Like, I, oh, you didn't say B-movie too. Because I was like, was, no, there, no, no. was there a sequel <laughs> to B-movie that I missed? No, I was thinking of B-movies. There must be something about our generation and that just being- B-movie and Quantum of Solace for me. <laughs> I saw getting a good fucking run on the Pirate DVDs. Man, I missed that. Man, I used to be terrified. When we'd come back, I'd be terrified. I'd be like, fuck me. Are we going to like... Are my bag's going to get searched. I'm going to go to jail. Because you, you wouldn't steal a handbag. No. You wouldn't steal a car. But I would steal the intellectual property of Daniel Craig. And Jerry Seinfeld in the B-movie too. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. Well, thanks so much for everyone listening to Henry and I tell some travel stories. Yeah, I don't know how much... But it is an outer suburb of Brisbane. It's so, an outer suburb. Well, listen, yeah. it's an outer suburb of Brisbane. And and it's kind of nice to reflect on travel in the yeah. thick of COVID at the point of which, you know, I went to Clontarf the other day and that felt like the most travel I'd done in weeks. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, it's it's the idea of getting on a plane and going international is pretty crazy, but yeah. Couldn't agree more. And before we go, we should just quickly thank our sponsor, uh, Manscaped. So Manscaped... As back yourself. Just back yourself, <laughs> as we know. We tell you this all the time. Manscaped, um, they're, they're everywhere now, can I just say. I can't open a YouTube video without Manscaped popping up in it. I can't listen to the Howie Games. Oh, the fact us and Mark the Howie Howie Yeah, with the Howie Games, because his brand copy. is not really Manscaped. No, but all. I love listening to Howie go, fellas, have you tried shaving? That's not a good Howie at all. Uh, that quarantine bush of yours. <laughs> that's, that's your Scott Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. It's not my Scott episode. Your Scott sounds like air leaving a balloon. It's like, ah, now Henry. No, it's not at all. Not at all, mate. My my impression is of everyone is is more attuned than that. I can't get my Howie. Howie be like, Smithy. That's good. Guess how did it? Guess you've had this really expansive career did it feel good to shave that quarantine bush <laughs> did it feel good to get the lawn the lawnmower 3.0 and just use that led light so you don't imagine imagine getting i love that the people at manscaped in the lab are like fuck me guys we're getting a lot of reports here of blokes just chopping their whole dicks yeah. off in the so dark we better whack a light on doing this thing. it in the dark someone put a fucking light these you know whether you're smart enough to turn on a light when you're shaving your balls or whether you're a fucking Neanderthal, Manscaped has got you covered. And we've also got you covered with our discount code Brisbane. Because with Brisbane, you don't have to pay for fucking shipping. Nothing. You don't have to pay 100%. You can get it, 20% off, free shipping. And fuck it. I'll throw, in, you, a, I'll throw what, in a kiss. With all the sand and shit in Bali, the Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash, which was des- des- designed <laughs> for with aloe vera and sea salt, Leave your skin plenty clean, of sea salt in the water, fresh, but not aloe vera. It's moisturized, reinvigorated. So if you're if you're in Bali, we would I'd send a lot of manscape and stuff over to Bali because I reckon there's some quarantine bushes over there. Yeah, 100%. I saw a lot of them poking out of the board shorts when I was floating around in that sea. So the um, 
Uh, and the best thing is the formulations. Out of, out of your board shorts. Out of my board shorts. And yeah. the formulations, they're vegan, they're cruelty free, they're dye free, they're sulfate free, they're. The only thing they're cruel free, for. They're Chappelle free because they freed Chappelle. Hell yeah. The only thing they're cruel on is your fucking pubes because they'll shave them good and leave your skin feeling beautiful. Yeah, don't get that. Don't get that stank foot. Get rid of all that shit. Get rid of stank foot. Um, so guys, yeah, 20% off free shipping with manscaped.com with the code Brisbane. Now, that's the end of the episode. That's Thanks for listening. Let's jet back from Bali. And we have a very exciting special episode for you to start next week before we're back with the usual suburbs. So two episodes next week. Keep your ears to the ground and your hearts in our hands. Sure.